Well, David, aren't you glad he planned it all? I'm so glad this morning. Thank you so much for asking me to come and share the word with you today. God bless you for being obedient. The Bible says we're to two together, two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm in your midst. And we claim that promise this morning here at Valley Chapel Baptist Church. We thank you, I'm Norman Jackson. This is my sweet wife of 57 years. And Vicki, uh, that's uh, B-I-C-K-I. Some of you may know her from our Facebook page. We don't support a lot that goes on in Facebook page, but I seek to use it for the honor and glory of our Lord. And uh, my wife is a writer, and uh, she has written some blogs, and she wants to share them every morning. Monday through Friday, you'll see a fresh blog on there. And I'd like to, uh, I didn't uh, know the, the schedule of your day-to-day. -day. Uh, I would like to share more about us and our ministry, but I'd hate to take time from God's Word this morning. So wondering if, uh, oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much. Just in case. Oh, yes. And uh, I just have to find a safe place for it here. That's all. No problem. We'll put it. Yeah, but it's a little tall, brother. There we go. No problem. Can't ask for it. Can't ask for everything, can I? I can ask for water, but uh, I, I I do want to share my testimony again. And I, I haven't had a chance to talk to Brother Lemon about this, but... Uh, uh, God was just so good to us. Uh, we just want to give him all the praise and glory. It's amazing how he's worked in our lives and providing for us, taking care of us. Um, you know, I always uh, want to give a word of testimony about that. However, when I get, get into that part of it and what God is doing even today, in our lives, it it would take some time to get in, away from the Word of God, and I don't want to do that this morning. So somehow, some way, we'll work it out. I'll discuss it with him. I'm happy to stay this afternoon. I didn't realize you had an afternoon service, brother, but uh, that's wonderful. I sure enjoyed Sunday school this morning. Uh, I love music, good music, and I think I'm in the right place. Um Try the spirits. I, I believe that verse is, is for us. And uh, today, uh, needless to say, we're going to see in a moment from the Word that we're in some pretty tough times. But to God, it's all planned. It's all planned. He knows. He knows when that last person is going to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And uh, he's going to come get us. I can't wait. And I don't want to rush it. I'm having too much fun serving him and loving on him and and doing just exactly what you see here today. Um, and I'll get into that more this afternoon. But let's get in the Word this morning, shall we? My heart's heavy, and I want to share today uh, the goodness of God. And uh, so we're going to be looking in the book of Acts this morning. If you want to turn over there with me, Acts, I would like to know, and I didn't come too prepared for this, but uh, is there a box of tissues or anything, a roll of toilet paper? I'll take whatever you got in case I, oh, bless your heart. Thank you. Um, in Acts, we're going to be looking this morning at a 
a very familiar passage, but it's one that God has used and blessed in my ministry over the years as I've traveled and have been traveling for the past six years uh, all over New England, just wanting to be a blessing to pastors. I pastored for 50 years in Maine and never had anybody come to me and say, you know, Pastor, why don't you just take a little vacation? Why don't you take off for a couple of weeks? And well, we pastored a very small church, such like this, and I'm, I got to tell you something, I'm all over small churches. I love small churches. There's a lot to be said about it. I have nothing wrong with large churches, and uh, God seeks to bless that way, but my ministry was about this size. But I'll tell you what, you give me 10 faithful over 1,000 unfaithful, I'll take the 10. And uh, I know God's got a, a ministry here for you folks and a job to do for all of us. I love it out here, by the way. I'm a little spoiled. I'm not sure I want to go back to the big city. But uh, it's uh, I'm a country boy and uh, born and reared in Oxford, Maine. Some of you say, where's that? Well, I hate to tell you, but it's the home of a casino at the moment. And they used land that I used to farm to build it. But um, anyway, that's another story. Here we go. I'm not going to be chasing rabbits here now. We're going to focus on the Word of God this morning. We're going to be looking in Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. Acts 27, verse 14, and uh, uh, I mentioned when I came in, I had, I had met Brother Kurt at the uh, uh, Weathervane restaurant a few weeks ago, and Brother Rob came in with his family, and uh, we just fellowshiped a little bit, but I do want to say this, when my wife and I was finishing up our meal that day, um, Brother Kurt, uh, I looked up, and I saw you and Mrs come in the restaurant and I said you know those folks know the Lord you can tell you can tell God God gave that witness right there so being the kind of a shy guy that I am as I walked out they happened to be waiting for Rob to come and his family and I walked out and they're sitting on the bench and I immediately walked over and I put my hand out introduced myself did I not and uh Find out. I didn't know him, but I just knew that we were brothers in Christ right there. And we started talking, and Rob showed up, and one thing, another, and then, and all of that. But you know, uh, I thank God that we can be a witness wherever we are. We can be a testimony, um, just letting people know we love Jesus, and He's He's our Savior. He's our life. And um, can't go wrong with that, I can tell you. It's wonderful to be with other Christians this morning here, believers. I want to speak this morning on the subject of four strong anchors on the sea, uh, on life's stormy seas. Four strong anchors on life's stormy seas. I think you'll agree with me this morning, people, that we're in stormy sea time. Our world is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be 80 October 13th, and I've never seen anything like this. Never dreamed I'd be seeing what we're seeing. Music is an example of that. We had a wonderful lesson this morning. If you missed it, uh, God bless my heart to uh, to hear it. Uh, you know, we don't hear much about that. 
but um, and our children are pretty well grown now. I just had my second great grandchild. Um, actually, third. I'm sorry. You, you got to help me. You got to prompt me here, honey. Uh, but uh, last night, our little uh, 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 night before last, night before last, I guess, we got news that our our, our only granddaughter had her second great grandchild child for us. And uh, her name is Zoe, and uh, everyone is doing well. But uh, uh, I'll tell you, when I see my grandchildren, and I see my now great-grandchildren, I just go, Lord, help them. Lord, help them. They got some rough seas. Rougher than you and I have seen. But I'm thankful for this passage of scripture that reminds me of four strong anchors on the sea of life. If you would stand with me, please, in honor of God's word this morning, I want to read these verses. And then we'll look at the truths here that God has for us. Beginning, uh, beginning this morning in verse 14. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliton. And when the ship was caught, uh, was, was caught and could not bear up under the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clotta, we had much work to come by the boat. And when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fail into the quicksands, fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out our own, with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun no stars and many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Notice that phrase. And all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, uh, abstinence Paul stood for and in the midst of them and said, Sirs, Ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as it was driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. 
and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, upon rocks, they cast four anchors. Four anchors, notice that, out of the stern. And the next two words, and wished. And wished. Important words for us this morning. And wished. Uh, uh, anchors of the ship. I, 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 I wish for the day. And as the shipmen were about uh, to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into a sea under an order as though they would have cast anchors out of the fall ship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. And then the soldiers cut off the ropes off the boat and let her fall. Father, we thank you this morning for your love. Lord, we thank you for your precious word. And I pray, Father, that you would just help me today. And may your Holy Spirit be our teacher. Lord, just give me the words to speak this morning. My heart is in uh, heavy in need of helping these people and wanting them, Lord, to uh, glean something from your precious word that will go with them for the rest of their days. And God will be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for what you're going to accomplish in these moments together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I grew up in Maine all my life. I uh, would frequent the coast of Maine. I love the coast of Maine. If you've ever been to Maine, you ought to certainly consider going up Route 1. I wouldn't recommend it this time of year. Uh, it'll take you a little while. But uh, there are times of year that you can travel over there and, and go up the coast of Maine. And, and I spent my childhood days down in uh, Bath, Maine. I had an uncle that lived there, and he owned a, a cottage uh, between Bath and uh, Reed State Park. And so uh, he uh, would get us down there in the, in the summers. We'd spend a couple of weeks. Our family would. My mom and dad were mill workers. And they were delighted to go down and just enjoy the coast. They loved the coast just to watch the waves come in. And uh, we visited the uh, Fort McWilliams and the, and the Portland uh, Lighthouse down there. It was a wonderful place uh, to visit. Spent many of our days there. And we had occasion to go out uh, in a boat and uh, do some fishing. And uh, I've got to tell you, it's, it was a, a little scary as an eight-year-old boy to be in a rowboat pulling lobster traps with my uncle and, and to have the winds come up and uh, the waves and so forth. And and um, didn't seem to bother him any, but i got to tell you something. I was, I was ready to go home a couple of times. And then I marry a California girl, and uh, we go out there to be with her family, and I get a little bit of taste of the Pacific Ocean. And uh, I won't go into all the experiences, but there were some hairy experiences. <laughs> uh, after we had gotten married, uh, to be out there in the Pacific Ocean in fog that you can't see from here to Brother Kurt, and uh, doing about 30 knots in a boat in the middle of the night and have a fog horn blowing. Now, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a, a, a freighter. I thought we were done for. He couldn't see us. We couldn't see him. We had no instruments. We just 
was full tilt going out and going to go fishing. And uh, all of a sudden, we see this row of lights out there on the horizon. And I said, there it is. I can't tell you which way he's going, left or right, but we're just going straight at him. And uh, our neighbor, who's still our neighbor, and uh, his wife, uh, 65 years of friendship between her and my wife, while they were in California, he just seemed to know what he was doing. And uh, finally, he listened to me. I said, Leroy, the name was Leroy, Leroy, we got to drop anchor. I'm scared. I, I, I want to see my wife again. And this was after church on a Sunday night. We never should have left port. It was so foggy. And I said, I, I want to go home. He said, well, we'll drop anchor. So we dropped anchor. Somebody said, I, I, and I usually make the foghorn noise because all night long, all we heard was, about 15 seconds later, imagine that for eight hours. And we had crawled underneath the bow of the boat, hoping they were anchored. They weren't moving. We kind of decided they weren't moving. So we would, uh, we'd be safe where we were. We dropped anchor and put the tarp over the boat, and we went to bed. Didn't get much sleep, but we went to bed, okay? To wake up the next morning to a beautiful sunrise, beautiful sunrise. And we looked up, and number one, there was a lot of other boats out there with us that had done the same thing. They had dropped anchor. But guess what? It wasn't a freighter. It was a stationary oil derrick. Boy, was I relieved. Was I relieved. And I'm sure thankful for that anchor. Now, this passage of Scripture speaks loud and clear to me. And if you've ever been in rough seas, I'll tell you the anchor is the answer. The anchor is the answer. But it's not the anchor that we see here, these four anchors that were dropped out. It says here that these, these were very skilled sailors. They, they were uh, with the Lord that night and... Uh, and, and, and on board was, was a man by the name of Paul. Praise God for Paul. I love the Apostle Paul. Here they are with Paul. And I want to tell you something. Uh, he was a very special man in the eyes of the Lord. Let me tell you that. When the Lord saved him there on the road to Damascus, then I got to tell you something. He became a special man to God. And, and he wanted to serve God. And he loved God. And and uh, I see some qualities here uh, and some things in Paul's life that I wish we could uh, all adopt this morning here uh, during this service. Number one, I wrote down here, uh, he was a child of God. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I don't know you. I don't know your spiritual condition. And I'm not questioning anyone's salvation. All right. That's between you and God. But I want you to know something. Paul was a child of God. And I just asked you quietly this morning, are you a child of God? Do you understand that you're you are a born sinner and that there's no way you can go to heaven without Jesus Christ, Jesus, our Savior this morning, who paid that ultimate price on the cross of Calvary through his shed blood and there allowed me to come as a 17-year-old boy. And you'll hear that in my testimony later, maybe. But as a 17-year-old boy wanting God in my life, that's the way I was reared. That's another, that's another part of the story. Wanting God in my life, but nobody ever told me how to be saved. 
I was going down the road of good works. I was raised in a congregational church. And if you're here and you know anything about a, a New England congregational church in this day, it's all good works. In fact, it's, I believe it's joined some kind of a conference now. But nobody ever told me how to go to heaven until I was 17 years of age. Number one, he was a child of God. Number two, he was a man on a mission. What's your mission this morning? Have you ever thought about it? What's God have for you to do? God has a perfect will. If you're a child of his, he has a perfect will for your life. Oh, I beg you not to settle for second best or second guess. God has a mission for you. God had a mission for Paul that night on the ship. Number three, he was a man of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Amen. It's impossible. Faith. Paul was a man of faith. And here's one here that I find in our churches is so weak. And because of it, it's driven me to begin another ministry, a counseling ministry at 80 years of age. Because another quality here of Paul that I don't see in lives of Christians today as I traveled around, I can tell you right now, this is where our churches are in trouble. Paul was in fellowship that night with God. Put those things away somewhere and, and look at them. Now, I've never preached that outline before, and that's not where I'm going this morning. But I'll tell you, it speaks volumes to where we are today, where we need to be, who God needs to be in our life every moment of every single day. You say, well, I'm saved. That's wonderful. I'm so thankful for that. If that's your testimony this morning. But I can tell you, I've talked to a lot of Christians in these churches that I travel to. They're saved, no question about it. They'll give you a testimony as to when they got saved and how they got saved and, 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 and you know, really detailed. But I can tell by just talking to them, they're not really in fellowship with him. There's a big difference, people big difference and so these uh, these sailors threw out these four anchors the bible says here in acts and uh when i think about these four ankles uh, four anchors uh, it was it was just for the purpose of trying to steady the ship just try to keep that thing upright now i've never had four anchors i've thrown out i've thrown out one and recently threw one out now we were out uh, off jeffrey's ledges over there off from off from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or sort of a honey hole for Haddock, and I'm a, I'm a fisherman at heart. I love to fish, okay? And uh, I, 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 you know, when I was in Alaska this summer with Scott, one of our sons is up there in Alaska, and he, he made a, a pack with me when he left Loudon to go back to Alaska with two of our grandchildren. I said, okay, Scott, go for it. I'm not going to stand in your way. But anytime Papa wants to come up and see his grandchildren, you're going to pay the freight. Guess what? 14 times since they've lived up there, now 20-some years, I get a free ride. And I'm going to take him up on it as long as my health and is good. And I was up there this summer, and, and I didn't stay too long. My wife is not doing well with sciatica, but she's wonderfully able to travel with me this morning. This is the first time she's been on the road with me in months. And we praise God for that. She's under care. She's under care. Uh, uh, chiropractic care, the, the medical field has given up on her pretty much and just said, you know, you're going to live with it. And uh, I have to leave her home. 
that's not good. So she called it this morning. She said, I, I, I want to go. I want to be there. And uh, she is my, my stay. And so if they throw out these four anchors here, and, I, and, and, and it's, it's interesting, even though the, the ship was shaken and battered, Paul was able to stand steady and strong. How was Paul able to speak to his sailors the way he did? How, did he, how could he have the confidence to face that, that stormy sea that they were being embattled with, the ship being tossed and turned and, and uh, putting the fear into these, these uh, experienced men? How could he do that? Well, I want to share four anchors. That if we drop these, I promise you on the authority of the word of God, you will be able to wage any and all storms of this life. Here they are, number one. Verse 23. Notice the words again here in, in uh, uh, number 23. Paul speaks here about the presence of God. The presence of God. Now, that's ultimate. That's number one. That's top of the list. As an anchor of God, in verse 23, we're, we're encouraged to know we have the presence of God. Even in the midst of the raging storm, Paul found that he was not alone. Isn't that good? I don't know if you've ever been in that position or, or situation or not, people, where you have felt really all alone. And yet as a Christian, my Bible says, God says, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He'll go with me always, even unto the ends of the world. I'm with you always. Paul had that night on board that ship the presence of God. Regardless of the storms and the losses of life, if we have the same confidence Assurance that Paul had of the presence of God. We need to trust him. Trust him. You see, these other anchors, it says right here in the word, they were to no avail. It was nothing for that sea to just toss them around. Probably they broke anchor. What an encouragement it is to me to know the words of God. Psalm 23, 4, the psalmist says it well. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I am with you. For thou art with me. Amen. Hallelujah. At the end, verse 6, Psalm 23. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Oh, what assurance Paul had as he speaks of the presence of God. You know, it would be a blessing this morning if Jesus had come to church with us here. He would be sitting here singing, listening to the word. We don't have that privilege of him physically being in our presence. But the word of God guarantees me that he's with me always. 
That's my assurance this morning. That's my anchor this morning. As I think about some of the storms that my wife and I have come through, and listen, my daddy used to say this. He wasn't a Christian until long after I got saved, but he's with, in, with my mama now in heaven and uh, with my brother and my sister. Both of them are gone now into heaven. But let me say this. My daddy used to say, a smooth sea never made a successful sailor. A smooth sea never made a successful sin. Does that sound like Bible? That's not in the Bible necessarily in those words. But let me tell you something. There are reasons that God lets us go through these storms. And maybe you're in a storm this morning. Maybe there's a, an, a, an area in your life that you're wondering, is God really, really know I'm going through this? Yes, he does. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Trust him. Trust him. There was a, speaking of the presence of God, there was a little boy one day. I'm going to call him Tony. Any Tonys here? Okay, no Tony, so I can use Tony, okay? <laughs> Tony was about a five-year-old at the time, and just starting kindergarten. He had to walk quite a ways, and I can relate to that. I walked a half a mile from my house back in, in the uh, uh, early 50s. I was walking to uh, school, and I had some classmates, some playmates that walked with me. But uh, uh, little Tony's uh, mom said, "No, no, I'm going to walk with Tony every morning to school, and I'm going to, and I'm going to uh, go get Tony when he gets out of school. I'm going to walk home with him, and I just, just, I, I just want to make sure he's going to be okay." And so, uh, Tony reluctantly decided, at five years old, that uh, that'd be okay. And um, uh, then he's, and then he has second thoughts as some five years and six years and seven year old. I've raised four. I know what I'm talking about now. Okay. Yeah, they have second thoughts. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't need you. I'll be okay, mom. And Tony said to his mother one morning, you don't have to follow me anymore. That's fine. I'm doing okay. I can get to school and back. And she said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm, I'm not going to follow you, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to uh, continue to say I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to. I'm going to hire a girl, a teenage girl is going to walk you every morning to school and home from school, and I'm going to pay her $5 a trip, and uh, every day, every day, five, uh, uh, five, sorry, five cents every day. I get my math, I'm not much of a mathematician here, but, and so the agreement was made, and, and uh, the girl did her job. Mama paid her five cents every every day to walk little Tony to school and back home again at night. And fi Tony finally convinced her. Now, these kids can convince you somehow, but they convinced Tony. Uh, Tony convinced his mother that he'd be all right doing it alone. She said, okay. She had a plan. And so she let him go the first day. Come home the first day. How'd you do? Oh, no problem, Mom. I'm doing just fine. Second day, third day, went on a week and so forth. And finally, Tony tried to drive a deal with her. He says, Mom, you give me the 25 cents. I said, they've never had a problem. Mom thought about it for a while. And uh, time went on and she kind of held him off from doing anything more than what, she was, what, she, what he thought she was doing. So one day they get into the discussion again, and Tony said, "Well, Mom, I'm doing okay. You don't, you know, you don't have to have that girl with me anymore. And uh, I, I can go alone. 
And her mom said, Tony, just want you to know you thought you were all alone. But every morning, I followed you from afar. Every night, I was there for you when you get out of school. I followed you. You didn't know that. And here's the moral of that all. Listen to me. That's the way it is with God. He's always with us. Though we can't see him in his physical presence, the Lord, we can know and have the assurance of his presence based on the word of God. Notice the second anchor here that Paul was sharing, beginning in verse 24 and 25. Verse 24 and 25. Get my Bible over here so I can see it. Here we go. Uh, verse 24 and 25, uh, Paul here gives them their second anchor. Not only did he have the presence of God, but Paul, in this passage, shows me that he had the promises of God. Boy, what a combination. His presence and his promises. I'm told, and I've never counted them, folks. Maybe somebody here has. I'm not the brightest penny in the bank or the sharpest pencil in the box. But I've been told that there are over 4,000 promises in the Word of God. Some have even stretched it to 8,000, I think. However, I know there are a lot of them because I determined years ago to do a, a devotional or a Bible study on the promises of God. I'd read the Bible until I saw a promise. Well, I don't know how far I got, but this was during my ministry that I did this and uh, used many of those promises in my preaching in the, in the Sunday morning services. But let me tell you, there are a lot of them. And when God gives us his word, we can count on it. And here we see in our passage this morning, uh, he, uh, Paul here in verse 24 says, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. When God gives us his word this morning, dear people, he means it and he holds to it. And we can trust in it all the way through the Bible. And I'd encourage you to do a devotional on this. I really would. I'd encourage you as you are having your quiet time with the Lord. I, I'm, a, I'm an early riser. I'm at 4.30 in the Word. My wife is a late uh, uh, comer to better or whatever you want to call her, but she gets there uh, anytime in the middle of the night, sometimes in the morning. But that's her time with the Lord. And then we have our time in between together uh, in our devotions. But I got to tell you something. When you're having your devotions, look for some promises from God. And claim those promises, all right? Claim those promises. By the way, I'm all for reading the Bible. But reading, in my, in, in, in my studies, I've never seen where reading takes the place of meditating, Brother Kurt. Psalm 1. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate. Read until God speaks to your heart. Read till he puts a light on something and then stop and chew it up. You know the old cows, they lay out there in the field and they'll graze a while and then they'll lay down if it's going to rain. That's what they told me. I don't know. I grew up in the farm and, uh, and, and you'd see them chewing. They say a cow has seven stomachs. I've never counted those either. But they regurgitate. They chew again. They regurgitate. That's not a very good message before we eat. But it's true, 
okay? That's what we're supposed to do with the Word of God. People are bragging and boasting about, and I'm all for reading the Word, but people are bragging and they're boasting about how uh, they read the Bible through in six months. I'm a slow reader, right? Uh, it's more like, no, I won't say six years, but uh, it's meditating over, and remember, meditating and memorizing. Hiding God's Word in your heart. Maybe a verse that God speaks to you. Uh, let me just give you some of the promises. I'll just write, I'll give you the references. If you're taking notes, uh, he's promised brighter days in Psalms 30, verse 5. He's promised deliverance in Psalm 34, 19. Uh, he's promised in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. What? To them that love God. Uh, I get this all the time in the prison. Well, the Bible says, I read Romans 8, 28, says all things work together for good. I don't think this is very good. I'm sitting here waiting on my attorney to return his call. Oh, wait a minute now. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. That's a promise. Uh, uh, divine grace, uh, 2, Corinthians, uh, 9, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he's promised ultimate glory. We know the end of the book. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4. His promises are based on nothing else but this book. That's what his promises are based on. And we need to be able to trust that. As Paul did that night, he claimed the presence of God. He claimed the promises of God. Let's go on, number three. The third anchor I see here that Paul put out was the anchor known as the providence of God, the providence of God. I've left them all in peace so that you can understand and, and file them up there and draw from them. And, and I encourage you to do this. I'm just sort of touching on the, the surface, but I love this passage of scripture. It says over here back in verse 24 that God was going to provide and God did provide. Paul is told by the Lord here for the angel that uh, this storm is a part of God's working out his plan for Paul's life. Now, God has a plan for your life this morning, Christian. If you're here and you know Christ, you may know what the perfect will of God is. Don't settle for less. A lot of people will, will say, well, I believe this is the permissive will of God. No, don't try to sell that to me. It's not in the Bible. God has a perfect plan for you. He, had, he, 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 he put you into this earth for a reason. And only then and then and only will he, uh, his will be accomplished in your life. When you're seeking it, he will show you what his will is. All right? He will show, it what, will show you what, what it is, what ministry and what mission. Remember I said Paul was unique in that he had a mission. I say he was unique. He had a mission and he, and, and he had a direction from God, and he was going to follow that direction from the moment God touched his life and saved him. What a blessing that is. And here, he's, he's uh, promising that to these people, these uh, sailors. Um, God is doing the very same thing in your life. Paul's no different. You're no different than Paul, and Paul's no different than you are. Okay, God loves you just as much as he loves Paul. Question may be, are you open to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life? Remember, he came in to dwell in your heart when you trusted Christ as your Savior. You got all there was of him. But my question to us this morning is, how much does he have of me? 
when it comes to the providence of his, of, of his will in my life. Am I where God wants me to be? Are you where God wants you to be this morning? That anchor won't hold if you're not. It just won't hold, folks. I'm sorry. That, uh, that cannot be ignored in our Christian walk. And we need to know that it's a very same thing that he did in Paul's life as well. It's, some, it's simple faith. And I said one of, the, one of the unique things about Paul, not unique just to Paul, but one of the unique things was he was a man of faith. Faith is the victory. We sing those kinds of songs, and, and yet I wonder. Sometimes I, I, I really appreciate those songs. I had not sung out of that songbook, some of those songs that you sang this morning, but the message is there, people. The message is there. And we just have to apply it. Sometimes we get caught up in the melodies, Brother Rob. We just get all, you know, like uh, I appreciated that message this morning in Sunday school. We do. And I think it ought to be good sometimes that we just stand up and when uh, when the song leader announces the song, maybe we just read the song. What do you think? I got to tell you something. There's a whole lot more truth to that and need for that than there is to get it caught up in that melody that he was telling about. Watch out. That melody will take away the message. I guarantee it. I, I've seen it happen. And so uh, music is wonderful in itself, but let's watch out. Uh, I know somebody's not happy with all that. His name's Adele. Okay? And uh, it has to be that certain amount of emotion according to him. Uh, another subject. Uh, uh, Paul here was very open to the will of God in his life and shared this. The fact that this is one of the strong anchors that you and I can hold to. We can hold to his presence. We can hold to uh, his promises. We can hold here to his providences. And lastly, I want to just touch on uh, briefly his, uh, the, the fourth anchor here is the fact that the, he had the power. My God is all powerful now. My Bible says he's omnipotent and he has the power to share with us this morning the strong anchor of his performance. I said his performance, not my performance, not Paul's performance, his performance. Got it? His performance. Oh, how happy I am as I as I studied out this passage of scripture and and I saw the the uh, uh, turmoil of those of that sea that night and was able to uh, relate somewhat in the same uh, vein as it physically. I think about the times when I was out in California one night and uh, anchors are good if you know how to use them. I saw them at use this summer. We got hooked on the bottom out in the middle of the Kachemak Bay. And it was rough. And I'm talking seas eight, ten feet high. Now, thankfully, Scott has a boat. And if you ever go to Alaska, you've got to get on it. You can go out on eight or ten foot seas. And they have what's called a gyro in the belly of that boat. I think, Rob, you've been up there. I think Scott told me you were all up there. And that thing spins at thousands of revolutions a minute. And, and in doing so, it stabilizes that boat so it's like, the seas are perfectly calm. I've never seen anything like it myself. But we still got hung up on the bottom. Now it takes skill to get unhooked off the bottom with an anchor that's down there three, four hundred feet. And this captain knew exactly what to do. He put a balloon on that on that anchor rope and he put that boat in forward and he started going around in circles slow like this. And that balloon followed him on the nose of the boat as he went. 
in reverse, around and around and around. Finally, he got to the point where that anchor just let go. Now, that's skill. I don't advise it. On the contrary to that, we were out in the Pacific one night, fishing another night, except for the except for the barge. I was out there with one of her family members, and uh, a storm came up off the Pacific coast. We were out off in Catalina Island, and the waves come in, and we were in just a little, little, I think it was a metal maybe or a fiberglass runabout boat, and the waves were so bad, we decided we better go home. Well, her brother tried to free the anchor, and we never did free it. We couldn't free it. Meanwhile, the boat is taking in water from the stern over the back. And I can just visualize us perishing out there again. I, I don't have much use for the Pacific Ocean. I'll stick to the Atlantic, okay? But anyway, uh, the Lord was there. He spared us. But you know what? These anchors I've given you this morning, the fact that, that God has proven himself uh, by his presence, he's proven himself by his promises, he's proven himself by his provisions, and he's proven himself by the very act of his power. Listen, you know, the story doesn't end here where I ended it. I want you to look over to the very last verse in closing, verse 44. Speaking here, we've gone through from, from uh, where I closed out to down to verse 44. Notice it says, and the rest, these are the disciples, or not disciples, but the fishermen there, the, uh, the rest. Notice he says, and the rest, some on broken pieces of the ship, and it so came to pass, hallelujah. Ends right there. Look at that. They, uh, that they escaped all safe. They escaped all safe. Thank God for his anchors. Thank God for his anchors. Are you trusting in him today? Again, I don't know what your life is like at the moment. I know there's a lot going on in lives today. We, we, uh, I want to speak about our counseling ministry coming up here, but I got to tell you something. I'm concerned that Christians need to be in the presence of God claiming the promises of God, understanding the provision of God, and then the performance of God. Are you there today? Are you willing to trust those four anchors? Again, I believe on the authority of the word of God, you will continue to set sail for the glory of our Lord. Let's stand together for a moment, please, shall we? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know you here. But I wonder this morning if there may be one that's come in as a visitor, maybe uh, first time or maybe more than once, but you're here today and you've never trusted Christ. I never take it for granted that everybody is saved. I'm not asking you to feel guilty about my asking this question, putting guilt on you, but that's between you and God at the moment. Could you say to me this morning, Pastor Jackson, I, I, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I'm rejoicing today in what God has done in my life and doing in my life as a Christian. And I, I know there are times when I need to drop some of these anchors that you've spoken of and understand what God is for me. You can say that this morning, honestly, before God, would you just put your hand up and say, yes, I know for certain if I died right now, I go to heaven. Anyone, everywhere? Okay. Maybe you weren't able to do that this morning. I don't know. 
I know this, that God cares about you. He loves you. And Christ died there on the cross for you. And he wants you to have his presence. And he wants you to be able to claim his promises. And I believe the promises of salvation, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Would you trust him today? Maybe you're here today and you want prayer. Let me ask you, would you like to pray this morning? Like me to pray for you this morning? I'd be happy to include you in my closing prayer. Anyone, anywhere, you want to know Christ as your Savior. You're not certain for 100% if you died right now that you go to heaven. All right, thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, thank you for these dear people. I pray that you continue to bless them here at Valley Chapel Baptist Church and, Lord, for the ministry that you have for each one of them. And, Lord, help us to claim these anchors in our lives, Lord, that we may we rejoicing with you as, as we see them rejoicing that not one soul was lost that night, uh, but saved the ship. And Father, I pray that you'd bless our time today and fellowship around the tables. Lord, bless our, our meeting this afternoon. Have your will and way and all is accomplished. And we'll give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name.